Hey, folks, I'm Tom. KJ here. You know the drill. We are back to promote the Dunlap Champions Club. They've been a longtime sponsor of Front Row Knowles, and uh, we appreciate that. Uh, And you will appreciate the Champions Club if you have not been there. We've been saying this for a couple of years now, basically since it opened. You need to at least schedule a tour. The season's here. Go in, sample it, find out what you're missing. It is a great place to watch a ball game. Florida State uh, is scheduled for a 5 o'clock kick for their first home game, and I know there may even be some more. So if you want to stay out of the heat, you got that opportunity, as well as food and drink, the ability to get up and move around. It's a great place to watch a contest. It's also a great place to watch other contests because they got lots of TVs. And don't tell anybody I said that because really we want you sitting in the seats watching the FSU game. But uh, you can check on the other games too. For more information, you can call 850-644-1830 to buy tickets or schedule a tour. And now, on with the show. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. And by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. We welcome you to Front Row Knowles First Look. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. And uh, we'd prefer to talk just about the first half, but in football you play two halves. And, Keith, this one clearly was a tale of two halves as Boise State wins it 36-31 to after trailing 31-13 to at one point in this game. Went in at halftime, and I don't know about you, but I felt really good. And at the end of the game, I felt just like I did, maybe even worse than I did last year at this time against Virginia Tech. Uh, this is a team uh, in this opening game that showed some promise. I think we all were very impressed with the first half offensively. Uh, maybe some reservations a little bit about the defense. And then you play the second 30 minutes, and as you said, you got to play 60 to make it count. And Boise did the things they needed to do. And candidly, Florida State made some mistakes, um, got gashed a little bit. And, and basically, we'll talk more about this when we get specific, but I think lost focus. And, and as an overriding of the 30,000-foot um, look, uh, we've got to remember this is a team that doesn't know how to win, and they don't know how to play with a lead. And, and they showed uh, Saturday afternoon that that still is the case. Uh, so there's some above-the-shoulder stuff that still needs to be done. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, that's not technical. It's not X's and O's, but I think they lost focus. To put it simply, the offense, maybe the whole team lost focus, and the energy was gone from the stadium Uh, The game got out of hand earlier, so we thought the energy left the stadium, the students left, focus was lost, and then you couple that with the fact that the defense was just absolutely gassed, which you would have thought the heat would have been in Florida State's favor. The problem was the defense played twice of, you know, two-thirds of the game. 40 minutes of possession for Boise State. They ran 108 plays. And from a philosophical standpoint, Tom, that's one thing our fans have got to start processing when you go up tempo like uh, Coach Bryles likes to do, those drives are going to be short. You know, in theory, your defense is going to be on the field eight, ten minutes, tw- maybe twelve minutes more than the offense. Uh, this was a little bit of an extreme because the defense was on the field twenty minutes more than the offense was. Uh, doubled what Florida State did offensively in terms of time of possession. Uh, and that hundred eight plays, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you want that somewhere around eighty five or ninety. But all in all, that's a process that Florida State defensively is going to have to go through because when you go up-tempo on offense, you're going to spend more time on defense, and you just got to get used to it. Florida State falls 36-31, third straight year, the Knolls start 0-1. 
And uh, frankly, and we'll talk more about this, that's one of the hardest things is you just wanted to get everybody on board, have a, and not that you can't have a good September, but uh, certainly you felt better at halftime than you do after this game. And, uh, and so it becomes an uphill battle. It certainly brings out the negative in all of us. You and I were talking before we started uh, taping this that, you know, it, 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 the, the, the fan base is going to sour and there's going to be a continuing chorus of what's going on and they can't get it done and why is it this way and losing fuels that. Uh, I think we've got to go back. You mentioned being, uh, you know, winless in the last three openers. We, we looked at the Alabama game and everybody knew with Francois going out and that was a, that wasn't a bad whipping, but they stayed with him for a half maybe. Then we looked at the Virginia Tech game, and gosh, we were just so disappointed because all, all that had come out of camp was so positive. And now we have this game in which we should have won, and everybody knows we should have won, and you let it get away from you, but yet we don't feel any better about it because it's continuing uh, a negative. And uh, you know our, our fan base is going to react, and they have every right to. Uh, this football team needs to react, and they have every opportunity to. Well, and it's how they respond, and there was some good and bad on that. I think there's there there was good in this football game, and we'll talk about it. If you haven't listened to this show before, we'll do a segment on the offense, segment on the defense, then we'll kind of come back and we hit the intangibles. Sometimes the special teams, sometimes it's things like today, focus, uh, or Saturday. But uh, first, let's hear comments from head coach Willie Taggart after uh, his team Got 31 points on the board. Frankly, they scored 10 more points in the first half against Boise than they averaged per game last year. They exceeded what they averaged in terms of total yards per game in the first half, and then it just fell off a cliff. And he, too, uh, referenced focus. Um, first, I'd like to thank everybody that uh, came together and made this game uh, happen here in um, Tallahassee, here at Dope. Um, there was a lot of work put in, and Appreciate everybody that put in the hard work and um, allowed us to be able to play a game here. Um, tough loss. We let one get away um, as a team. Um, I think everybody played a part in, in the mistakes that we made in that ball game. Uh, but I will say one game would not define this football team. You know, we, we lost to a good football team. Uh, credit Boise uh, for their grit. But um, our guys will bounce back. Our guys will uh, get back to work and and, and I believe we're going to have a good football team this year. Coach, obviously the offense wasn't able to get anything going in the second half. What was working in the first half that didn't translate through halftime? Um, execution. Uh, we executed really well in the first half. In the second half, um, we didn't do as well. You know, there's one guy here or there that maybe should have stopped on a route and kept going or – uh, we should have threw the ball out at times, and, and we didn't. So uh, it was just those mistakes, those little mistakes, those little detailed things that, especially when you're in a pressure situation or, or when the other team has gotten momentum, someone's got to step up and make a play for us. And instead of making plays, we made some mistakes that, that got us there in the in, uh, second half. Again, it was it was just lack of execution. And, again, credit Boise, but our guys got to do a better job of, of executing. Hey, Willie, you said you were confident that, that this team will bounce back, I guess. What have you seen up to this point through the preseason, through the offseason, that gives you confidence that that will happen? Well, just the way they've been practicing, the way they've been playing, uh, the way these guys have come together. Um, you don't see some of the things we saw last year from a mentality standpoint and, and understanding how to overcome things. Guys are still trying to stick with it. Um, again, we, 
We laid an egg in the second half. And um, things that I preached all offseason, things that we needed to get better with, was finishing. And, and we didn't do that today. And so we got to get back and, and look at what we did wrong and, and correct those things. But our football team got to learn how to finish, you know, and, and our football team got to learn how to win again. You know, I think that's, that's important, too. We, we've, um, it's been a while since we've won and, and won big, and our guys got to understand and learn how to do those little things that's going to take us to win. And um, second half, we kind of reverted back a little bit with some of the mistakes, uh, and we played a pretty clean ball game in the first half, and it, it made a difference. In the second half, we didn't, and we got to learn how to finish. Coach, after all the negativity last year, you know there's going to be some outside mm -hmm. noise. How do you tell your guys and how do you block that stuff out? Uh, we just got to stay within our cocoon and, and not listen to the outside noise. Well, um, like I always tell our guys, when you don't play well, you know it's out there. So don't go looking for it, you know. And if we want it to be anything different, then we got to go out and make it happen on the football field. You know, so um, one thing I told our guys is, is I don't see anybody getting distraught out of anything anybody says. You know, I know we don't play well, and uh, that's what's going to happen. And so our guys understand that, and if we want to change anything, we got to do it. Willie, they finished with 621 yards of offense, most of the program's given up in a while. What do you attribute that to? Um, a lot of missed tackling, a um, couple uh, blown assignment in the secondary, especially uh, – third down, not getting off the field on third down. We gave up some third and long quite a bit. And that can't happen. You know, our defense, they did a good job. First and second down, you know, on third down, you got to get off the field and not give up big plays. And uh, we gave up too many big plays on third down. They weren't able to get off the field. Uh, Coach, you had a lot of early success, not only early in the game, but on first down, I guess, you know, one for 12 on third down. Why do you think you guys couldn't, you know, execute and, and, and extend drives and continue to move the ball when you got around the third down. Well, like I said earlier, it, it goes back to executing and, and, and mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes in the second half. And I just saw um, our, our offense, I felt like we started to panic a little bit because things didn't go well the first drive, things didn't go well the second drive, and our guys started pressing a little bit rather than just uh, relaxing and, and, and trusting the, the, the schemes and things that we're doing and, and, and then do your job. You know, it goes back, back to that, doing your job and um, – there's times where we didn't do our job. I mean, and then we had some throws there that we didn't execute on, you know. And um, but we got to do our, we got to do a better job. We did a good job within the first half, second half. We we didn't. Well, you guys got up by 18 points a couple times in the first half. Did do you did you sense anything from the team maybe losing focus at that point, or do you think that was not the issue? I don't think that was the issue, you know. And we talked in halftime. I told our guys that team over there is not going to quit. That's for sure. Um, and, but uh, when we had to come out and play, we knew they were going to continue to fight. And um, again, at the halftime, I thought our guys would come out and play well. And we had that, um, got the ball offensively. We didn't do anything. And then they got the ball and the momentum changed. And then we never did grab that momentum back. We had an opportunity to uh, with a fumble that we tried to pick up and should have recovered it and give our guys a chance. But um, again, and those are the the little winning things that it takes to win, and, and our guys got to play better when, it, when those things happen. The comments of Coach Willie Taggart, and I thought he was pretty good in the post game immediately after the game, all things considered, uh, which is to say he knows that they let one get away. But I, I, there, there's, there's two ways you can go from this, and it's one game, Keith. Uh, we can focus on the negative or you can focus on the positive things. And, and for me, compared to a year ago against Virginia Tech, when the offense, the entire game looked like what the second half looked like. 
So at least we saw that there is a glimmer of hope and there is opportunity, and certainly there's playmakers on this team. And, and as Coach Tiger said repeatedly in the postgame, one game does not define a season. Uh, we're all just real disappointed right now. And, again, uh, many are probably ready to be a little more than disappointed. But the reality is the offense played very well in the first half. The defense was acceptable. Uh, so, in, in essence, Florida State's technically one and one. They won the first half. They lost the first half, uh, second half, rather. Uh, but that's not the way college football works, and obviously Florida State's got to refocus. We'll talk about, about more uh, about focus because I think that's probably the biggest takeaway. The good part, though, is there's finally some good stuff on tape that the coaches can use to reinforce that uh, positive, and there's enough negative on there that, that could be corrected rather quickly that uh, there could be a one-game turnaround. Now, fortunately for Florida State, they'll get another home game against an opponent that they'll be favored over. Um, and I guess the other thing I'd say, we won't know till the end of the year. You know, last year we were do so disappointed in losing to Virginia Tech, and we were hoping, just hoping, that Virginia Tech would end up being a juggernaut, and they weren't. So that made that loss that much worse. Uh, right now, you got to hope that, uh, in fact, probably most Florida State fans need to become Boise fans, at least closet Boise fans, because it'd be real good if they won 10 or 11 ball games after this one. Well, history would suggest that they probably will, based on what they've done. That said, it's it's not a Power 5 football team. It's a Group of 5 team. They've had great success. I don't want to take anything away from Boise, because they could have packed it up and headed home. I knew that they wouldn't, however, and I commented in the pregame on the radio, Keith, they, to me, are what Florida State was in the 70s and 80s. They'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. They're not afraid. Uh, they've lost some of those games, but now they've beaten Florida State to go with wins over Georgia in Atlanta, win over Virginia Tech, and land over Maryland. Uh, the bowl game against in the Fiesta Bowl against Oklahoma. I mean, they've had plenty of signature wins, and frankly, with where Florida State is a program, as a program, they've got that feather in their cap now. They beat FSU, but they've beaten a, a down FSU team that's trying to find its way back. And I'm not trying to diminish Boise State's win, but uh, so so again, credit to Boise State. But Florida State still has a long way to go. I think the other comment that I would make is Boise State jumped on the map with that victory over Oklahoma, was it, when they ran the Statue of Liberty play or hook and ladder and every other trick play in the book to end up uh, defeating the Sooners. There were a whole bunch of us that went, wow. And, of course, that blue turf doesn't hurt either, but we'll talk about playing out there last next year. We'll talk about that next year when we go out there. You want to go offense or defense in our next segment? Uh, well, let's go positive offense because I'm not sure we have a whole lot defensive to talk about if you give up 600 and something yards said the former safety for fsu we'll take a break come back this is front row Knowles first look front row Knowles first look is presented by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu here's tom and keith tom block keith jones this is front row Knowles first look florida state falls to boise state the Knowles are 0 and one for a third consecutive year we'll talk about the offense momentarily but uh, keith first a message for our listeners. <laughs> we'll remind you that Cornerstone Tool and Fastener is your location for all of your tool needs. It's where all the pros and do-it-yourself workers shop. Big box pricing with local service. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Ave and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. Tallahassee location open Saturdays from 8 until noon. We thank Ron and all the folks at Cornerstone. Okay, let's talk about the first half here, Keith, because Florida State comes out in this football game, and the, and the first few drives, I mean, it was touchdown, 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 field goal, fumble, that was Blackman, and then a touchdown. So five of the first six drives, they score, and they've got 31 points on the board. 
And when you look at it, the first touchdown was a 38-yard run by Akers. He squirts free on a fourth and one. That happens from time to time. Everybody's at the line of scrimmage, and then, boom, he busts it. Then you saw a great individual effort with Tamari and Terry on just a little bubble screen. Got a good block, I think, from McKitty. And then we saw a beautiful ball from Blackman, 58 yards to Keyshawn Helton. And so we saw a lot of the good parts there, and the offense was humming. Everybody in the stadium felt good. It had been a while since it felt like that at FSU football. I'm talking about the first half. Exactly. And and you felt like that the kids were bought in. You felt like that uh, they, they understood what they were doing and they were gaining confidence in what they were doing. But what happened is you had a couple of uh, series in the, in the latter part of that that didn't go so well, and then you went in at halftime. And, and what happened, in my opinion, Tom, is the team, the entire team, lost focus. Lost focus. When you come back out in that second half, You've got to re-energize. You've got to turn that switch back on, and this team did not do that. First couple of three series offensively, uh, Florida State did manage a first down, but they, they would be four and five plays in the, in the possession, and then they'd have to punt. Conversely, Boise came out, and they started establishing that running game or reestablishing it, and they just kept pushing the ball and pushing the ball. FSU took away the gash plays that had hit them in the first half defensively. They weren't spurting out for 14 and 20 and 24, but they were getting six and seven and, and five and nine. And everybody's going to look at the, at, the, at the third down conversions for Florida State offensively. But the one thing that Boise did offensively is they won first down. They were gaining four and five and seven yards. They were always staying ahead of the chains. And while they didn't have the gash plays in the second half, they had sustained drives. That added to the 108 plays that they ran, the 40 minutes of possession that they had. And and if you want to be fair, what would have happened if of those five field goals, two or three of them had been touchdowns? This game would have been a double-digit victory for Boise. So they did some things and, and kind of shot themselves in the foot, but it didn't take away from the fact that they did what they needed to do in order to win the contest. Your point about winning first down is, is dead on, and it was, Boise won it offensively. They also won it defensively. And, but the question there becomes, did they really win it or did Florida State sort of give it away? Because uh, early on, FSU was going good. And where they got out of sync, the last drive before the half, Florida State has scored five out of six drives. FSU gets the ball back with 2.51 on the clock at their own 25. They go three plays, lose five yards, and give the ball back to Boise, and they get a field goal. Those three plays were where they started going wide. And I know it's a sequence, and I know why they do it. It just wasn't blocked well. Bubble screen left. Loses a yard, bubble screen right, loses two yards, and then the third down, you're third and 12, and they sack Blackman, and boom, Boise's got the ball back. And it happened like that. And so hindsight's twenty twenty. If you execute those plays, you get three or four on the bubble screen left, three or four on the bubble screen right, then you're third and manageable ahead of the chains, and you can probably get a drive going there, but it just didn't happen. So I guess I'm asking you your thoughts on the fact that, that, that it seemed to be something different than what we had seen. It was a five-receiver look when they did that. So I don't have a problem with that, given hindsight, if they'd have gone in at halftime, regrouped, refocused, and come back out in the second half. Remember, Florida State received the kickoff in the second half. If they'd come right back out and, and answered, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But that's, again, back to what we're talking about in terms of focus. The, the kids aren't used to playing with a lead. They're not used to playing like winners. They're not used to playing, um, you know, they, they pressed. 
offensively, they started pressing in the second half. Uh, we've got to make a bigger play. We've got to do something different. We've got to make sure this goes. And, and instead of staying within the game plan, and candidly, I think Bryles pressured a little bit. There were a couple series uh, in that second half where the first and second down were all long passes. They completely got away from running Acres and LeBorn, and, and I really think that, that Boise was challenging Florida State to run the ball, and, and FSU just didn't answer that, that challenge. And as a result, they kept getting behind the sticks, and we all know what the second half ended up being. Yeah, and we keep harping on the focus. The, the crowd was out of it in the second half, and I know what you'll say on this, Keith. Uh, you shouldn't have to lean on the crowd. I mean, if nobody's in the stadium, you have to find a way to focus. That said, it goes more to your point that this is a team that hasn't experienced success. Even the juniors on this football team, they've been on a 7-6 and six team and a 5-7 and seven team. They've been to a bowl game one year. You know, so you're talking about a very small group of seniors that played in the Orange Bowl against Michigan and won that game, and that was a 10-win team. Most of this team has not experienced success. Um, and so they couldn't figure out how to get the momentum back and how to stay focused. And, and it really is a, 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 a not a difficult thing, but is a, is a structured, matured thing. And, and part of that goes back to uh, putting them in situations during practice. Um, you know, and obviously this will be a great learning tool because a loss hurts, it stings, doesn't feel good. Uh, I do know, and Coach Taggart commented in the uh, post game that unlike years past or unlike, unlike games past, when you know kids were throwing things or being upset or, or or pointing fingers, apparently none of that was happening in the locker room after this ball game, and that's a positive sign. And, and there were players that were encouraging each other. There were playing say, players saying, "All right, we got to learn from this. We got to grow from this. We can't let this, you know, we can't let one game, one loss become two losses." Those are the things that are encouraging to me. But nevertheless, you've got to go through that process. You've, you've got to see it happen for you and this group uh, as we've said lost focus didn't was not able to recapture that in the second half and hopefully hopefully this will be a learning exercise for them well I mean there's you can if you don't make it a, a learning exercise then things are are really going to go the wrong way I'm just looking at the numbers and you know I because of the play disparity 108 plays to 62 FSU actually averaged more than a yard per play more than Boise State, almost seven yards to 5.8. But as you look down, the third down conversions, uh, just abysmal for, for Florida State in this game. What are they, 1 of 12, and Boise was 10 of 19. And then red zone, 8 of 8. 8 of 8 for Boise State. Now, granted, five of those were field goals by my count. Uh, but nevertheless, they made sure that once they got down there, they got points. And again, you know, the what if, what if instead of five field goals, they'd had three touchdowns and two field goals, then again, this would be a double-digit victory, and we might be singing a different song. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair, but if you're going to play the what-if game, Jaden Lars would be, had two touchdowns if it weren't for about two inches. The first call was definitely right uh, in that the arm was starting to go forward, so I thought the reversal was good there. I didn't see the TV replays on the, the lateral, non-lateral. I just saw what they played on the stadium board, and it looked – it didn't look like enough to overturn it. Jaden said he thought both would be upheld. We'll hear from him the next segment. But, and we'll talk about the defense next segment. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at Boise State, that, that looked like a team that didn't have a true freshman quarterback that, that turns out he may be pretty good. He was tough. You know, we're finding that there are a lot of true freshmen that are able to come into the collegiate game. And, you know, just 15, 20 years ago, you'd never start 
a freshman quarterback. In fact, I think that might have been the first time uh, that, that Boise has started a freshman quarterback in a couple of decades. Uh, but at any rate, hats off to him. He played very, very well. You mentioned it previously. He was he was a tough little guy because he got bounced around pretty good. Uh, and, and a couple of times he even had to go out of the game because his helmet came off. But every time he'd strap it back on and come right back out and make a play. Let's talk about Florida State's quarterback. Blackman's numbers were good, 23 of 33 for 327 yards, three touchdowns. He took four sacks, uh, got fumbled once, but also, you know, moved around a couple times, threw the ball away, avoided the rush. Uh, all in all, a grade for Blackman. Oh, I'd give him a solid B, B+. Plus. Uh, I thought he played uh, rather well. There were times um, that he would shift in the pocket, uh, which we, we didn't see a lot of that, unfortunately, from DeAndre last year. You know where he'd slide to the left or right. We saw him run the ball a couple of three times. Uh, his sack yardage, you know, took away from that. So when you look at his stats, it won't be impressive. But there were a couple of times that he took off, and and, and I think that was good. Uh, you know, we had three completions of over 50 yards in that passing attack to three different receivers. Um, you know, this is this, this is a, a high octane, high reward uh, type of offense. And and when it stalls like it did in the second half, you know, it's not pretty. Uh, but we have the first half as an encouragement. Let's see if Florida State can't build upon that offensively. Clearly they got out of rhythm, got out of sync, just got behind the chains. And I, just looking at these stats, Tamari and Terry, you know, he had the beautiful touchdown run, should have had a catch on the on the pass from Cam Akers. That's just a concentration thing. But I thought they would go to him more because he was matched up on uh, the, the corner that was guarding him was a redshirt junior who's 5'9". And Terry's 6'4", and it seems to me that that should have been a, a sure, easy five or six yards when FSU couldn't get anything else going just to get in front of the chains. Well, they did go deep to Terry uh, a couple of times with incompletions, but what I hear you saying, what I would put in there is I, I'd have thrown some back shoulder throws. You know, I'd have thrown some square ends. I'd have done some things that allowed Terry to get his back to the defender and face the quarterback as opposed to running with his back to the quarterback, if that makes sense, and, and allowed him to use that height and that physicality. Uh, they did try to get the ball to him deep. I think they need to try to get the ball to him intermediately. Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought Cam Akers looked good. I know, now, Cam had a big fumble in the game, but uh, to be fair, I, I, we can't put this on Cam because there was uh, the offense breaking down for the second half of the game is, is it led to the defense being on the field forever, and I think that's where you're going to point the finger. But, but we did see that Cam – a healthy cam is going to be a good weapon for Florida State this year, and we and, and we didn't see a healthy cam for two thirds of last season. No question. Uh, I mean that that uh, thirty-eight, thirty-nine yard touchdown run was a thing of beauty. Ran right out of an arm tackle. Uh, he ended up with over a hundred yards, you know, uh, for the game. And and I think he is a weapon that you can count on. They tried to get the ball outside to both he and LeBorn a little bit, uh, you know, out of the backfield. I'd like to see a little more of that as well but we'll see how the, the offense progresses once Kendall goes back and has a chance to look at the tape. That's the offensive story there. You guys witnessed it. Just not a lot there after the first six drives of the game. It just got shut down. But at least we have the first try, six drives of the game to point to as, as Florida State will have to rebound this week against Louisiana Monroe. All right, we'll take a break, come back, talk about the defensive side of the balls here on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. FSU loses the opener to Boise State, a game that uh, looked like was going to be an easy win, did not finish that way as Florida State couldn't finish. And let's talk about the defense now. Tom Block, Keith Jones back with you on Front Row Knowles. First look, a reminder, if you haven't heard this 
version of the show before. We do this after each and every game. We haven't watched game tape. We're literally, it's uh, an hour or two after the game. We put this thing in the can, so to speak. It airs Sunday mornings at 8 and again Mondays at 6 on right here on uh, 97.9. The defense at the start of the game, Keith, was bending but not breaking. But by the time they were gassed, it was it was an all-out yard sale, and there were parts and pieces coming off all over the place. Well, first of all, we knew that the strength of the Boise offense was their offensive line. They were returning five uh, starters from last year. They had somewhere around 80 or 90 starts between the uh, the five of them previously. The other thing that Boise did is they, they always kept a tight end, and sometimes they would shift uh, and almost be in double tight ends. So they were going to go what we call heavy package. FSU's defensive linemen did not have a good game. Uh, part of the reason, I think, is is very fundamental, and I think that uh, Odell and Coach Harlan have got to go back and, and look at some things. Boise blocked like Florida State's offensive line blocks in – the Bryles offense. Basically, that says if a defensive lineman wants to go somewhere, you let him go. You push him. And you rely upon the offensive back, the running back, to make a cut or a decision as to where they should attack the line of scrimmage. And so what was happening is Florida State's aggressiveness, they were, they were literally running themselves out of the play. And then the running back for Boise would either cut back to the left, all the way across, or bounce outside. So two things. Number one, you've got to teach your offense, your defensive lineman, rather, that if it's easy to go that way, there's a reason they're letting you. So put that foot in the ground and hold it. The second thing that FSU did not do well is they did not set the edge, whether it was a linebacker, whether it was a safety walked up, uh, you know, the nickel back, whoever happened to be responsible for setting the edge. They did not do a good job of that. They got caught inside, and that allowed them to bounce out. Uh, and, and and that's correctable. That's something you can work on for a couple of days and, and get fixed. Uh, they did a much better job of it at halftime. They made some adjustments at halftime. As we've mentioned previously, Boise was not able to gash on the running attack like they did in the first half. But then Boise was able to put together 10 and 11 and 12 play drives that took the ball down and resulted either in field goals or touchdowns. And that's what ended up gassing the defense. You can't hold them responsible for the last two or three Boise series because, again, once you get to 85 or 90 plays as a defense in weather like we had uh, Saturday, I mean, that's about all you can ask out of a group, uh, particularly first game of the year. Yeah, no question. I would agree with that. You mentioned didn't set the edge well, and to me, that was one of the questions I had coming in in the shift from a four, you know, four down to three down. And we did, we saw a mix of both, but uh, it, it's the no matter how many times you rep it in the fall and feel comfortable until the bullets are flying live, it, it's not that you don't know what you're supposed to do, but if you're questioning just a little bit, then you're a split second late. Or you take one false step, and that's the difference. And and I was just hoping they could get through this game, look at the tape, get better against Louisiana Monroe, get better as they led, led into Virginia. Now they're going to have to do it with, you know, starting 0-1 instead of 1-0. and And I do think it's correctable, but that was one of my concerns is just comfort level in it so that it's second nature. And you're absolutely right in that if you are hesitating even a little mentally, then you're not going to be able to do what you need to do. You've got to be 100% sold. In other words, defensively, you don't want your defensive players thinking. You want them reacting. 
You want to have schooled them and drilled them to the point that as soon as they recognize something, they know immediately what to do with it. They can't think about it. They can't process any information. You do that before the snap. But once the ball is in play, you've got to react, read and react, read and react. How many times have we heard that over the last uh, however many years of college football? Uh, by the way, which is 150 that we're celebrating, if you haven't uh, kept up with that. Um, but it is correctable. That's the positive. And, again, we saw it at halftime. They made some adjustments. First three or four or five series that uh, Boise had in the second half, again, they kind of held their own. But then once you get up in that play count and, and weather like we had, uh, and, and even Coach Thaggart said that they've got to go back and, and look a little bit at their substitution patterns and maybe they can do a better job of keeping some fresher guys in. Maybe they need to play a few more people, a few more plays than they uh, anticipated going in. But at any rate, you, you've got to be smart once you go back and look at that tape and how you make adjustments getting ready for the next game. Yeah, looking at this, and this won't be exact math, Keith, but to your point, when the fourth quarter started, Florida State's defense had already played a full game in terms of – I mean, they'd already played 30, 32 minutes, which is what you should play for a full game. And they had a quarter to go. But the first three drives in the second half for Boise were three plays, four yards, punt, three, uh, no, eight plays, 33 yards, punt, three plays, 27 yards, and a fumble. And then that's just when, it, it, that's when you needed the offense to do something, and they didn't. And that's when Boise came alive and went 69 yards, 60 yards, and 63 yards and put 17 points on the board to, to finish it off. So, uh, again, congratulations to the Broncos. Uh, Jaden Lars Woodby, Woodby had six tackles uh, for Florida State. He's an inside backer, so not really necessarily part of the, the edge, if you will, and, and the transition to the 4-3. But I did have a chance to talk to him, and here's that conversation with Jaden. Let's talk to Jaden Lars Woodby now, who's going to slide in. Florida State's defense was uh, out on the field for, uh, it seemed like, well, really it was two-thirds of the football game when you look at the time of possession. So I'll start there, Jaden. Uh, it, was, it was for two different reasons. In the first half, the offense was scoring so quickly that you were put back out there. In the second half, the offense uh, couldn't get first down, so you were put back out there. But how much of a toll did that take as that game went on? I mean, honestly, we just got to execute better as, um, as a defense. You know, we've been practicing sudden change and all of these um, certain situations throughout the whole fall camp, even in the spring. So, you know, we just had to execute better. And, I mean, on my part, you know, I missed out on a lot of plays, uh, in my opinion. You know, I'm critical of myself. So, you know, I hold myself to a standard as well as all of my other teammates. So, you know, when we go back in the film room tomorrow, even tonight, you know, we're just going to see what we did wrong, see what we can do better. And, I mean, we have to have a next play mentality, even in games. So, you know, all of those adjustments and all of the things that we should have did during the Boise State game, we have to fix it. And then on to Louisiana Monroe. What were they doing that was creating success for them in terms of running the football? Because there were some gaps up the middle. And it looked like it got shored up at halftime, for, you know, through the third quarter. But then as, as maybe defense wore down a little bit, some of those holes resurfaced. Uh, you know, what, what were they doing to, to, to find those seams? Um, honestly, you know, we just have to play more disciplined football. You know, I feel like as a as a whole defense, you know, there's a couple of plays that we gave up from not being disciplined, um, including myself. You know, I wasn't disciplined on, on a lot of plays. And, you know, I've, I personally could have helped my team, um, you know, be better on certain situations as well as my other teammates. So, you know, just executing. You know, I feel like they were the team that executed more, you know. Um, as Coach Barnett always tells us, all 11 execute, we win. And, you know, today, you know, all 11 didn't execute on every play. And it's so. 
I know you're inside, but there's been some changes outside, you know, with the 4-3 to the 3-4 looking more multiple. Was any of that lack of execution due to just still learning a new system and a new look? Um, I mean, honestly, you know, we're not going to make any excuses, you know. Um, we just have to go out there and we have to execute. You know, Florida State has a standard, and no matter what it is, we have to live up to it. And no matter if we change the defense to a 5-2 tomorrow, you know, we got to execute and we got to play to the best of our ability. So, you know, just as a defense and, you know, just back to me personally, you know, I have to focus on doing my job even better as well as my other teammates. And, you know, I just feel like, you know, one game doesn't define us. You know, one certain one play doesn't define us. So we just have to keep on moving on and just get ready for this long season ahead of us. Little consolation here in light of the way the game turned out, but I don't recall seeing a game where a single defender had two touchdowns called back. Uh, that that happened to you. Uh, the the first one, uh, I, I saw a good replay. It looked like his arm was starting to go forward. The second one, I thought I saw you try to flip the ball back to the ref, and you know he wasn't ready to take it yet. And then you realized no whistle had blown. I mean, did you think that one was going to hold up? Uh, honestly, I thought both of them were going to hold up, but you know they didn't. So you know, just that next play mentality, you know. Um, it's kind of like setting change for us as well. You know, all of my emotions and stuff got up. You know, we feel like we just scored another touchdown. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't a touchdown according to the ref, so we just have to play the next play. Tough loss today. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Keith, I don't know that I've ever seen one defender have two touchdowns called back, and they were both close. But, uh, you know, as we commented earlier, the first one, the reversal was definitely right. I, I don't know about the second one, but uh, it, it was it was literally that close to a couple of defensive scores. Uh, we were talking up in the booth during a break that uh, he'll go down. History will, uh, Lars will be as, as being the only player to score two touchdowns that were called back in the same game. Nobody will probably ever have that happen to him on the defensive side of the ball. Leading tackler tackler was uh, Nasraldino at 12. Dontavius Jackson had 10. Stanford Samuels had six. Uh, had a forced fumble, had a pass breakup in the end zone, a couple of, uh, I beg your pardon, had the breakup, not the forced fumble. Um, but I thought he looked healthy. I also thought Carlos Becker, it was good to see him come back. He got dinged a little bit, but immediately went back. He had a couple sacks, forced a fumble, did get beat on that touchdown. I don't know that you would say he was in bad position, though. It was a pretty good throw on that fade. Well, if you throw the perfect ball, you can't defend it. That's That's the principle involved the only thing that I was disappointed from the secondary standpoint is they did not do a good job in zone coverage particularly when uh, Brookmeyer would, would would roll out and and once he rolls out you got to match up once he gets out of the pocket it goes from zone to man that's the way I was always taught and they kept backpedaling and not looking and not paying attention to the quarterback and there were a couple of times where they were completely out of position and and the Broncos took advantage of them got to do a better job in zone zone coverage Defense as a whole comes away with uh, with one pick. That was Isaiah Bolden. Good to see him back from injury last year. Had six sacks overall. Uh, again, it's not going to be a great defense. This defense was better last year than what we remember when you do the advanced metrics on it. They were about 37th or 38th. The, the effort against Boise is not going to help them. But uh, just as last year when the offense was continually giving the other team the ball on a short field, the offense has got to do something to move the chains and give the defense a blow. You talk about the first three drives. I can win with the way the defense played in the first three drives of the second half if the offense will put some points on the board because that will energize the defense. I can play 90, 95, up to 100 plays. If I look up on the scoreboard and I'm up, I'm up by 14 or I'm up by 21, that will energize me as a defensive player. That didn't happen on Saturday.
It did not. And as a result, Florida State falls, and they are now 0-1. Uh, just the wheels came off, and Florida State, uh, you know, they went in at halftime, thought maybe it was a pit stop and they could put the wheels back on. Couldn't tighten those things up, and uh, the result is what it is. So we'll come back and uh, wrap things up. Still more to talk about on this. The reality is it's one game. It's not the result we wanted, but uh, you, you got to learn from it and grow from it. And we'll talk about that when we come back on Front Row Knowles First Look. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Tom and Keith back with you. And uh, unfortunately, our therapy session started in week one again this year. Keith, Florida State falls to Boise State. Uh, there was some promising developments in that game. Saw an awful lot of those uh, those skill weapons in the first half. Just couldn't get them going after that. But uh, one of those uh, needs to be saluted as our performer of the game. Well, we're going to highlight it as our primary bank performer performance of the game, and that's tomorrow in Terry's 75-yard touchdown. And really, that was about a four-yard pass and a 71-yard run. And at one point, uh, I was thinking they might even list it as a run because I wasn't sure whether he'd caught the ball behind the line of scrimmage or what. But hats off to Terry, 75-yard touchdown. Uh, great uh, uh, use of his blocking and a great job, I think, McKitty to get out in front of him. So that is our Prime Meridian Bank performance of the game. Speaking of performance, Prime Meridian Bank was just named one of the best banks to work for by American Banker Magazine. Want the bank where they greet you by name? Smiling faces that offer you coffee and a cookie when you walk in the door? Well, that's what I call great performance. Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Member FDIC, offices Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and Lakeland are on the web at trymybank.com. Let's talk about something that did get better, Keith. The special teams were better. Agree? I would agree. Okay. Uh, we, 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 uh, I got several texts during the game for comments I had made during the week that, that somebody needed to let them know that you could fair catch a kickoff and the ball would come out to the 25-yard line, and dang if they didn't do it. Maybe, maybe they were listening to me. Maybe they listened to me, Tommy. Maybe they listened. You know, it's funny, being down on the field, I could hear the fans groan because they want to see a kick return, and I'm thinking, we witnessed that last year. I'm okay with taking it to the 25. No, so uh, so Logan Tyler, I, I thought he kick, his kickoffs were tremendous. They only returned one, uh, and they really didn't have an option on most of the others. They were either deep in the end zone, or he was really hitting that corner a yard deep either way on the end zone. So he kicked off great. I, I, was, I, I still want to see more from him as a punter, and I know he averaged 44 yards a punt, but his first two were not very good. He had one opportunity to roll one up at a time when it was needed and not have it go in the end zone. And I know that it, there, there's, you know, it's not a round ball, so it's hard to do it. But uh, that one went into the end zone. Maybe I'm being too harsh on him. And then and the, the place kicker, Aguayo's one field goal attempt was I, – I usually stand behind the uprights just so I can uh, help Gene. Is, was, it, was it wide left? Was it wide right? How close was it? That thing was good by 10 or 12 yards from 46. Uh, then you look the other way in terms of, of punt returns. Normally I wouldn't have been a fan of D.J. Matthews fielding that punt that he took, uh, you know, because he disobeyed the rule of backpedaling from your 10. But he sized it up. He had some room, and he took a gamble, and it came at a time when Florida State had gotten nothing for the last six drives. So, And, and, he, and he, did, he didn't flip the field, but he got him out past the 20. And hats off to Boise's punter because he had an outstanding afternoon as well. Uh, also a guy you didn't want to get in a fist fight with. I think he weighed about 230 pounds. That's the biggest punter I've ever seen. Um, but, yes, the, the kicking game w was not an area that lost the ball game for Florida State. Uh, I, I think they've got some great potential. You saw what DJ can do on that one. 
and I think Logan, you know, uh, after the first couple, punted very, very well. Uh, I, I think the, the kicking game has improved and will continue to get better. I was pleased with their performance. You know what you can't get if you call a fair pet catch on a kickoff? Well, I guess you could, but you're not likely to see a block in the back. So we didn't have those penalties, and the penalties were better. So let's go back and, and, and focus on that. Uh, you know, Now, Florida State did not run 80 or 90 plays, so maybe when you look at the total number of penalties. But, but, but there wasn't a ton of, and I think it was six for FSU. So I flipped through the, the, the stats here. Uh, there wasn't a ton of, of lineup issues and that sort of thing that we saw last year. You had the one uh, false start. Offensively, you had the one penalty where they had five people in the backfield. Uh, but I would agree, from a penalty standpoint, much improved. And, and obviously that was a focus because FSU was close to dead last in committing penalties last year, 9.1, 9.2 a game, I believe. Uh, the one thing you would also say about the penalties is that FSU called a couple of breaks, particularly the the pass interference in the end zone. Uh, if memory serves, that right, that took a touchdown off of the board, and, and they only got three on that trip. Uh, didn't affect the outcome. You still lost the ball game, but you would say that FSU benefited from a call in that regard. Um, the officials didn't materially affect the outcome of the game, though. There, there's no reason to complain and fuss about that. Uh, but FSU did get better in that area, and they they need to continue that improvement. Five penalties for 44 yards officially, as I find the number. Now, you talk about that negating uh, turning a touchdown to a field goal. It did, but the biggest penalty of the game was on the fourth down conversion to Trey McKitty, who made a great one-handed catch. And I'm moving up the field thinking, all right, we're at the 50 with a minute to go. We got a shot here. And uh, lo and behold, there's the yellow laundry for the, for the hold on Jawan Williams. And, and I went back and looked at the replay on that and, and it was technically a hold. So I can't fuss at the official, but it, it, the, the defensive player was falling down. And Juwan was kind of falling on him and had him hooked. He wasn't going to get to the quarterback anyway. I'm a homer, I realize, but I'd have kept that hanky in my pocket. I wouldn't have thrown it. You'd, you'd file it in the you can call holding on every play category? Yes, I would. Well, you know, that's, that's the thing of it. Uh, they started that drive, got a first down, and then the next thing you know, quickly, uh, it, it's fourth down. And I, I know why they – they kept the two timeouts because you need them in theory if you get the first down. But if you don't get the first down, you don't need the timeout. So I wonder in hindsight if maybe they shouldn't have just spent one there and said, all right, let's absolutely positively get the best play. Well, Willie was asked about that in the post game uh, specifically. Why didn't you call timeout on fourth? Was it fourth and 13, fourth and 14, whatever it was? Well, no, it was fourth and less than that, and then the holding call made it. So it was fourth and four-ish maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And and as it relates to the fourth and long, Willie was very non-hesitant. He said uh, Kendall had the call he wanted. We had the call. I mean, there was nothing to discuss, which means on their call sheet, you know, in that situation, they knew exactly what they wanted to run. I'm sure they drilled it during the week so the kids knew exactly what the play was. So that was his uh, defense of why they didn't take the, the, the timeout. The other thing that, that he didn't say that I chatted with some folks afterwards about is if you do take the time out there, that gives Boise the opportunity to catch their breath and maybe change their defense. See, Florida State had not substituted, so therefore Boise couldn't substitute. They might have come in and wanted to go with three people, three down linemen and eight defensive backs. Well, you had them in base because that's what they were in. You know, yeah, 
hindsight, maybe should have taken the time out, give yourself to settle down. But that was Willie's defense on why he didn't. And it's it's it is defensible because this is the hindsight game and looking at it. So it was fourth and four at the 42. And to back up, uh, it was third and five at the 41. Cam Akers ran for a yard, uh, which set up fourth and four. There was a minute 15 left at FSU's own 42. And to your point, they didn't want to give Boise a chance to substitute. They ran it quick. They did complete it and get the first down. And in your opinion, the hold, the holding wasn't going to affect that. So um, it, it is what it is there. And, and uh, I, I am, you know, we've, we've done the hindsight thing you always do after losses. Uh, I'm not big in the hindsight game Keith we talk about this because we don't know what they game planned for what looks they expected and then what wasn't executed correctly it, it, to be fair you need to have that conversation or watch tape with the coaches to say well this is what we plan to do and then Boise did something they'd never done before ever or or whatever the answer is or or our kids didn't do what we had to ask them to do and what they had done during practice so in other words the execution was the issue not the call exactly and and, and again coach tiger addressed that they you know what you know what's your message to your team we didn't execute we let this one get away from us because we didn't execute well that is a correctable thing now uh and i'll go back i, I know our fans are disappointed i know another group of our fans are ready to throw in the towel uh, I recognize, as you mentioned, that this is the third year in a row that Florida State has opened with a loss. And, 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 and you look out there at halftime and you're going, they're finally back. This is working. We like it. And then, then that third quarter hits. And, and it just seems that everything's falling apart. And every good thing that, that you felt about them uh, is now gone. And therefore, we hate them all. And, and I'm never coming to another game. And, and woe is the the world. But the reality is this is a game they should have won that they let get away from them. And a team that is very good, whether they be FBF, FCS, or middle school. And you've got to learn from it. This, this is a 12-game season. 13 of you make the championship game. 14 of you play in a bowl. As many as 15 if you try to win the national championship. One game does not define. I recognize that people are disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm more disappointed in this loss than I was in the Virginia Tech loss. But I'm also more optimistic because at least I started to see some things, and that's been, that's been my harp all summer long. I'm tired of hearing about it. I want to see it. Well, I saw it in the first half. I saw you revert in the second half. What are you going to do going forward? That's the question of what they're going to do. 24-hour rule Willie Taggart talked about, which is after that you got to flush it from the system, win or lose. Win or lose, you got to flush it after 24 hours and get ready to work for uh, Louisiana Monroe. And, uh, I, I, you know, one thing we didn't mention as we wrap up, so let's do this now. We said it a lot on the radio broadcast. We'll say it here. A, a tip of the cap to everybody that made that game possible on short notice. There's a lot of people that didn't sleep very much in the athletics department. Also, you know, local fire, EMT, law enforcement. Uh, th- that's a lot going on to make that happen. It- it- it's not just you flip a switch and boom, you play a football game. So tip of the cap there. And by all accounts, there's a little over 50,000 in the stadium. Uh, by all accounts, uh, from a crowd behavior standpoint, things were good. I got, ch- I got tickled. It, it, you know, you don't want to see it happen often, but I didn't mind looking out there and seeing all that orange and blue at the 50-yard line on the uh, east stands. Uh, the Boise uh, group got here early, and it was open seating, general admission. They took the best seats, and it was kind of nice to see them over there. I hope they enjoyed their trip. We wish them a safe trip home. Uh, that's a quality program. 
uh, a quality football team. And while FSU did let one get away from them, um, you know, this is one that uh, I think we'll look back once we get past the initial hurt. And maybe, just maybe, it won't hurt as bad. That's going to do it for now. We'll come your way again on Wednesday at 6 on Front Row Knowles. He's Keith. I'm Tom. We'll talk to you then. So long.